Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. When a child gets sick, it's never fun and never easy. Thankfully, here in Canada, we have a lot of options and resources. It can still be expensive at times, but nothing like others around the world face. In fact, for many children, if they're born with deformities or have a number of medical conditions, they can often be abandoned or hidden away. Well, today's guest and his organization are working to change that. You can be a part of their amazing work, too. He'll share some incredible stories about healing and the passion for spreading the good news of Jesus that keeps them moving forward in the important work that they do. Ed Epp is the Executive Director of Hope and Healing International. Ed, uh, some of the listeners on the different radio stations that Connection's on will be familiar with your organization already, but for those of us who aren't, tell us a little bit about Hope and Healing International and what you do. Sure. Uh, we're very excited about this. Hope and Healing is an organization that uh, that works with the, the, the most vulnerable children in the world, vulnerable people in the world, actually. Children with disabilities living in, living in extreme poverty. Um, so living in Africa and uh, a lot of them don't have enough to eat, much less get medical care and think of going to school. So these are the, the poorest kids in the world. It's one thing for a child to have an illness or a disability here in Canada. We have lots of healthcare and systems, and that can still be a big enough challenge, right? But what's the reality for young people in those countries then that are born into those situations? Yeah, a lot of the reality for too many people is too many of those children is that they will die. They'll mm-hmm. die before age five. They'll. Uh, a lot of them uh, won't go to school if they do survive. Um, they don't get medical care, too many of them. Um, it's it's a pretty rough life. They hope that they can become beggars. Um, and for people who are listening and have traveled into, the, into Africa and other places, they'll remember seeing kids on the street. Uh, and that's probably all you'll see them because they're hidden otherwise. Wow. And so often, too, like other situations where maybe like family might have feel they have no choice but to abandon those kids? Do you come into situations like that? Uh, Every single day you come into situations like like that. Um, Often it's the father that's abandoned the mother with the child. And so you see a mother with a child who threw a palsy or a club foot or something, and uh, she's alone. She has no way of uh, earning an income. Um, And she's, she's just devastated. Um, you do see cases where the mother abandons the kid and the grandmother takes care of the kid. And then you see other, other cases where the kids are totally abandoned and there's, there's, it's pretty destitute. So it's, um, it's looking at those kind of situations and believing that God loves each of them. Like God loves my own daughters and, um, values them the same as they value my daughters. And how do we, how do we communicate that to them? And how do we, treat them that way well i like the name of the organization healing is a part of it right medical help and things like that but hope takes place front and center first of all hope is vital um we say that we can actually help a lot of kids survive with the medical they don't thrive and have hope unless it's it goes a little deeper whether that's teaching them that they are a child of god and that god created them the way they are and they're not cursed because a lot Mm -hmm. of them grow up thinking they're cursed. Parents think that somehow the family is cursed. 
that they have a future, that they have value, that they're worth going to school. And it's amazing what you see when kids believe that they're worth going to school. Um, they actually become defiant and, and get through somehow. Wow, that's so incredible. That made me think of the story of Jesus, actually, and the blind man. And everybody was like, what sin did his parents do that he's blind, so right? And uh, Jesus just came to that man, though, and yeah, he put all those questions aside and just basically yeah. said, you have value. And and that's actually one of the things that we fight against is the church's attitude towards disability. Um, even in North America, even in Canada. Interesting. Um, I think if you think back to sermons in your churches about disability, how God needs to heal them, that mm. somehow they are they, they have sinned or done something wrong. I have a good friend who doesn't go to church anymore because he's been told too many times that asked what his sin was or his family's sin, that he has a disability. And so you have to try, teach people in Canada and internationally that these are children of God. They're created in God's image, and that is God's image. That's hard for us to understand. I'll never forget New Testament theology class and a guest speaker in a wheelchair said, my biggest healing is not being restored to how I once was, but turning, be, uh, becoming what I was created to be through God, right? And it didn't require, you know, necessarily physical healing to become that. That's right. And think of how many people are benefit because that man or woman, I don't know, the professor, um, had that realization and was able to become a, a needed part of that community. Right. That community would be poorer if he did not have that. Yeah. Uh, curious, how did you get connected with Hope and Healing, first of all, and come to the position that you're in? I, I actually grew up, was born in Africa, and my parents were missionaries in the Congo. And I remember growing up real early seeing disability on the street, like kids begging, and my parents taught me at a very early age that those were kids that were as important in God's eyes as I was, Thanks. and um, that we should do things to, to help them. And that's kept with me. Uh, I moved to Winnipeg when I was in high school um, and went to university in Winnipeg and actually started teaching in Winnipeg. And then my wife and I went international again to China and the Middle East, and it was in the Middle East in Lebanon during the war that I was reintroduced to disability as I saw so many people with legs blown off and arms and the disability movement was just starting at that time in Lebanon and so I was at the ground floor participating in it but I, I certainly didn't lead it it was people with disabilities leading it and I was there to watch and um, later in life uh, I saw hope and healing I'd seen them in the Middle East I had gone on to other organizations and I saw the opening at um, in Canada and uh, applied for it. And it was like coming home. It's mm -hmm. like my whole career had prepared me for this moment of working with these kids. As you're, I was just picturing that actually, like your whole life prepared you for what you're doing now. What do you love most about hope and healing and what the work that you folks do? I think it's uh, the, 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 it's most when you see a kid go from that look in their eyes that they are not worth anything to being to realizing that they do have value. And I call it the moment of transformation. We can help with the physical healing, the, the, the medical care. We can help them get to school. But there's something that happens at a spiritual level when a child believes that they are worthy of being a friend, mm 
they're worthy of going to school and they start to advocate on their own behalf. And, uh, you know, I, I remember going to visit this one girl who had cerebral palsy and, um, and she saw us and we talked to her. And of course, in the villages, you have hundreds of other kids come around and start to, you know, press in. And she, she stood up in her walker and yelled at them, get away. These are my friends. <laughs> and I thought that kid has the, the strength that they're, that she's going to become something. Yeah. And she has, she believes that she's, she's valued. And, you know, to see a, a child and a mother, when I see a mother with a child with cerebral palsy who has no hope, and I, I, I in a, take her aside a little bit and say, I'm going to pray for you. Um, she knows we're helping with the physical, but she sees that prayer. And I've never had a bad response, even from Muslim mothers who say, thank you very much. And, um, and that, that gives me the most hope is to see that little bit of hope, that spark, that a fire will, will grow. Uh, I'm so excited. Part of this partnership is now we all have an opportunity to be part of stories like that. Uh, what we're going to do every day is feature uh, a new child. We'll tell you a little bit about the medical difficulties that they're facing, their life, how hope and healing is helping them. And then go to mygrouphug.ca. You can make a donation, uh, whether you want it to be a one-time donation, a monthly donation, $30, or $360, you decide all that. Um, but in practical terms, Ed, like when we go online, we click those buttons, we make that financial donation. What does that mean? What is actually taking place? It's a series of, it's a series of actions that bring hope to kids. Um, you will find a kid and that sometimes is the hardest thing because these kids are hidden in the back they, they're, they're ashamed of their kids or the mother has to go work. And so she'll leave the child in a back room somewhere all day on their own. Um, and so we have community workers that we work with that find the children. They refer them to, second is refer them to the medical attention that they need at, at a partner hospital or a, a clinic. Um, and then there's the follow-up. When they go home, there's the rehabilitation, teaching the mother how to do the, the stretches, for the child to get mobility back. And so there's a whole process that, that goes on. And, um, and so the 360 is the whole process. It costs, the, the hardest thing sometimes is finding the kids. They're the ones that are, the, that are hidden. Wow. And yeah, like you said, hidden away. I just can't imagine that. I'm thinking of when I was a child and in my church club, like a wanna type thing, there was a young boy with uh, cerebral palsy and, how much joy he brought to all of us and he seemed to have. And no doubt it was a tough life, right, for him and his family and lots yeah. of things to overcome, but just brought so much joy to, to all of us at the kids' yeah. club. Yeah, 12 years ago, um, I was on a trip to Africa in Malawi and we, came, we were doing a, a work in one village and someone said, there's a child in the next village that has a disability. And so the community worker that I was with said, let's go look at that child. So we walked over, hot day. And there we saw a two-year-old boy that was dying because he had cleft lip and palate and couldn't eat. Wow. And he was with his grandmother and they were comforting him until he died. Um, there was treatment that could happen. They didn't know that. Um, the, the mother was with another child at the hospital because she had to decide which child would get medical attention. 
And the community worker, I'll, I'll, this, is, this is one of those holy moments for me. The community worker took out his pen and paper and he, and he said, what is the child's name? And the mother said, the grandmother said, it's Sadiq. I still remember that. And he wrote the name Sadiq. And it was at that moment, I realized that was the moment that child went from death to life. Because at that moment, there was a plan of action. The child had been found, just like Jesus finds us. Ah. And the child had been found. There was a nutrition plan. There was a hospital that was going to take him. And in fact, he did have the surgery. And every time I go to Malawi, I go back to that village. And, I, and he's now, I think, 14 years old. And I talk with him. Wow. Um, and it's, it, but it, it's, it's, your listeners can be at that moment. They can enable that moment of writing the kid's name down and saying, this kid now has a life. Well, you can be a part of that, too, if you're listening, no matter where you are across Canada and the prairies. You can go to mygrouphug.ca and make a donation there. $30 starts a journey of hope and healing for a young child. It only takes $360 to give a child complete medical care. Isn't that incredible? $360. You can be a part of that. Ed, anything you want people to know before we go today? I think I want everybody to, to know that every single child in this world is valued by God and should be valued by us the same. That's an easy thing to say. It's a real hard thing to do. And that's what we're all about, is valuing every child as Jesus does. Thanks so much, Ed, for joining us today and for the important work that Hope and Healing International does. Again, if you want to be a part of that, bringing medical hope to young people and their families, check out mygrouphug.ca. Don't forget, like, follow, rate, review the Connections podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. It would really mean a lot to us. We'll talk to you again on Connections.